Welcome to Untold Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Osama Gawish. Three weeks ago, Russia invaded Ukraine in a comprehensive military operation, which left 1,663 civilian casualties in the country, 596 killed and 1,067 injured. These figures, according to the Office of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, on Sunday, 12 March this year. A total of 596 killed, 124 men, 85 women, 6 girls and 10 boys, as well as 27 children and 345 adults whose sex is yet unknown. A total of 1,067 injured, 97 men, 69 women and 14 girls and 4 boys, as well as 39 children and 844 adults whose sex is yet unknown. Obviously, this is the price of any war. Victims are always civilians, while Russian officials claim that Russia are not targeting civilians or residential areas. The numbers of civilian casualties in Ukraine is highly increased. So, to learn more about the numbers of civilian casualties, human rights crisis in Ukraine, how many journalists were killed by Russia, and how Russia reacted to amnesty work in Ukraine, let me welcome our guest today, Oksana Pokalchok, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, Director at Amnesty Ukraine. Oksana, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Osama, for inviting me. Um, firstly, I would say thank you for joining me from Ukraine. We all are standing in solidarity with you and with the people of Ukraine and wish you all, you and your family, are safe and well. And please, at any time during the episode, if you feel it's safe and better to leave us, just let me know. It's totally understandable. Okay, great. Okay, um, let me start with how are things now from your perspective as director at Amnesty Ukraine? Um... I mean, it really depends what we are talking about. Uh, Ukrainians are, uh, you know, Ukraine now is a huge network of activists and volunteers who are supporting each other, supporting vulnerable groups, supporting uh, those who are in need, even uh, animals. On the one hand, if we're talking about this part, People are, you know, united and try to protect themselves and uh, support. And that's how, I mean, when I'm speaking about this, I I would say that how situation is, it is quite uh, unite, you know, that the feeling of, of unity. But on the other hand, all of us, we do understand that situation is deteriorating. And uh, it's getting worse. And uh, might 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 be. I mean, I don't want to say it, you know, in words because it's I mean, yeah. it's, it's so painful. But uh, we we all of us all all, all the world we we hear what uh, Russian. Uh, Propaganda says about uh, about chemical weapon, chemical weapon. Sorry, yeah. We Ukrainians always use, misuse how to say it. <laughs> it's chemical okay. Chemical or chemical. It's okay. 
uh, and uh, uh, about, of course, we do afraid about the nuclear weapon, that, that, that's for sure. But uh, on the other hand, we have so many cities and villages that, that are in siege now, in siege. And, um, and like Mariupol, uh, yeah. we even don't know number of deaths there we don't know we we we, we have s- so different information from what is going on there there are no electricity no supply uh food water and bodies just lying on the streets because it is just impossible even to grave them can you imagine it's not like one body or three bodies it's dozens of them and of course is it's painful, it's uh, horrible, and it's a big trauma yeah. for the whole whole Ukrainian nation. And um, from your perspective and your position with Amnesty Ukraine, what is the correct number of civilian casualties today? We don't have this information, and be honest with you, no one does. No one. There is some information from state officials and other information were given to, uh, by uh, some humanitarian organizations or, or the, UN, the UN. But the problem is that no one knows because a lot of areas are without any proper control. So we don't know. Like Irpin, Bucha or, or Gostomel is the areas near to Kiev which are under the, I don't know if it's correct to say, but kind of a occupation, yes, mm. for for uh, more than two weeks. So we, we don't know what is going on. Of course, we as Amnesty, we uh, try to get as much inf- as information as possible. We take interviews. We are collecting some data from satellites or whatever, but uh, we don't know. Even like me personally, mm. uh, I've been living for some time in Irpin. Uh, Irpin is a city, uh, I think 15 kilometers from Kiev, which now under the big, big, uh, let's say it, attack yeah. on Russian side. And uh, uh, I, I lived in the house uh, where there were a lot of uh, flats. It's like, you know, these big, big, big houses that many people lived in. And um, uh, I don't live there now, but I'm still having the chat in, uh, in one social media with neighbors. And... Uh, you know what I received this morning? Pictures of graves on the yard uh, of the house that I have been living in because there's no possibility to even intervene. Uh, it's near to Kiev. It is impossible to uh, collect bodies and to, you know, to yeah. make it properly. People just do it because there is no other way to grave bodies, so they just grave it literally, literally in their yards or in the yards of, uh, of of big houses. And of course, of course, it, it it's, it's it's very painful. And that's why we don't know about numbers. 
that is important to understand that all information that exists so far is not uh, precise. Hmm. And even with the um, the numbers I mentioned in my introduction regarding the, I mean, um, yeah, the UN commissioner. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that we we. we uh, I mean, there's a formal process there. So if person was killed, and it is possible to record it, yes, uh, like police or uh, um, medical workers, or even sometimes it might be major of of city or uh, or of I don't know village. They they do this registration of deaths. But the issue is that the number that we know now that you already. Um, uh, announced on yeah. the, the beginning of the pro, pro program is so small. So small. So the figures much, are higher than much more, much more. We just don't oh know how much, and that is important to understand that they they share information only about recorded deaths. But as I told you uh, just right now that. Those who were graved in the yards of 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 houses, you know, or those whose body are just now lying on the streets, yeah, uh, no one record them. And how many uh, people were killed when they tried to use humanitarian corridor, and they are just their bodies are in the cars. So, and it is impossible to collect the bodies because the shell fire is going on contagiously so you I mean the, the, the yeah. Ukrainian army try all their best to to do evacuation and we in a constant as amnesty in a constant contact with a humanitarian organization that support this process but uh, yeah I, I will I will come shortly to the the safe corridors or human uh, corridors because we heard a lot about this, but um, the UN Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights through um, spokesperson Liz Throssel said last Friday that it had received the credible reports of Russian forces using cluster munitions in populated region in Ukraine. What are your comments on that, Oksana? They do. They do. And Amnesty, uh, Amnesty Lab uh, when we, we verified uh, uh, pictures, videos, and many, many, many other testimonies that, yes, Russians, um, they use cluster munitions in the populated area. And, um, and it's horrible. <laughs> I even don't know what to add. Yes, it is exist, and we, we have testimonies that it's true. And independent human rights organization. Yeah, and with this um, credible reports, did Russia commit war crimes in Ukraine? Uh, um, I think that we, uh, like here, I will speak as, of course, uh, the head of Amnesty International. And as a head of Amnesty International, I want to say that. I hope that relevant international authority, would it be, I don't know, International Criminal Court, or it will be the, the UN Court, or any other credible international institution, they have to do proper investigation and uh, name uh, 
name it as a, as a war crime. Because <laughs> when Amnesty call it as a war crime, that's, that's a lot. Or, or other, I don't know, Human Rights Watch or, I don't know, ICRC. Well, I mean, they don't do it. But, uh, I mean, so uh, any, any, any big international organization. When we even call it uh, a war crime or crime against humanity or whatever, that is important. But the most important thing for us is that to collect information and we hope that relevant international institutions and and do you think this is this is the role of uh, um, governments western governments why governments no no why governments no is it, I mean, they are independent like international criminal court they are not uh, they they didn't they don't have any boundaries with uh, with the state Because, you know, um, the UK Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, said that Vladimir Putin will be held responsible for war crimes in Ukraine at the International Criminal Court in The Hague, adding that UK would help gather the necessary evidence. So do you think Western governments will help Ukraine ah, to take Putin? You mean, you mean to collect evidence? Yeah. Just... That that is important. Yes, I don't know how it works on the state level. Be honest, because I've been all my life working with uh, with the. I mean, I never worked on the government on any government, so I don't know how it uh, it could be done by other states to collect information about the war crimes in other country. Uh, my feeling or my instinct says that. They might give uh, knowledges to people on the ground, for example, to collect this evidence in Ukraine, or to create kind of an independent, uh, for example, a couple of states, three or four, they can develop kind of an independent um, uh, authority or like an organization of experts that might do this work, maybe. Yeah, that would be that would be good, because what is going now in Ukraine is um, it's horrible. Moreover, because so many uh, horrible things going on each moment in different places. Yeah. So it is really uh, complicated to get. Uh, to to be to to be you know like uh, timely wise and to share all information that we we are having, or just to to work with all the information that we are, we 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 receiving as Amnesty, for example. And, and that's yeah. why it is important to as more information as, as more inter international organizations or maybe interstate organizations uh, will 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 do. Some work on collecting information and uh, collecting evidence of, of war crimes. That as much uh, as uh, the, the more organization will, will be included in this is better, because uh, it, 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 it makes possible to not to forget any uh, anything that was that in use. You know, because yeah. now we see that. A lot of international uh, media is talking about Mariupol, or talking about Kiev, or Kharkiv, or Sumy, or even Chernihiv, which which is quite important, of course, because that means that there's a humanitarian catastrophe there, on the one hand. But on the other hand, 
we have not forget forget about uh, villages or small cities and there are a lot of and uh, they they don't don't have proper attention uh, in media about what is going on in that area so but uh, Amnesty done some uh, research on uh, smaller uh, city and I think tomorrow it will be out and as an independent NGO human rights defender in Amnesty can you rely on Western government to help you to gather evidence regarding taking Putin or Russian officials to the International Criminal Court it's I mean uh, even for example if, if let's imagine that I don't know, the country number one will decide to collect some evidences. Why not? Because, I mean, the, the more evidences will be collected, it's better. And I, I want to reiterate that uh, this state will be not the only actor in getting or collecting that evidence. Now, uh, most of human rights organizations in Ukraine uh, working on, on on this. They are collecting evidences of war crimes. And uh, plus there are a lot of international organizations like Amnesty that collecting evidences. Plus Ukrainian government collecting information as much as they can, of course, mm. but about these evidences. So I don't see it as a problem. It, it would be a problem if, if it would be like the only reliable source of, of yeah, collecting evidences. But I believe that uh, the more actors will be included in the process, it will be better. Yeah, regarding the more actors, um, last week the Guardian in the UK reported that a group of researchers and open um, source intelligence communities are already collecting and studying videos and photos evidence of possible Russian war crimes in Ukraine. So, um, would Amnesty join this work? Uh, we now collect evidences, and we, I don't know if we will be able, but I think that we might be able to transfer uh, evidences that we are having to the to the to the, to the court yes I I didn't see any any objections to that but I, I'm I mean I'm I, I have never been doing this I mean no one was I think in situation like this before yeah uh, I mean there are a lot of international armed conflict going on and wars of course I mean I'm not talking that the Ukraine is quite quite unique on that stage hmm. I'm just saying about my experience that I I, I, me personally, I did not. Yeah, you I know, you mentioned yeah, the international efforts. So on fourth March, um, the UN Human Rights Council passed a resolution to establish a commission of inquiry of, uh, on Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, the council expressed grave concern at the escalating human rights and humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, condemning mm -hmm. violations of human rights and of international humanitarian law resulting from the aggregation against Ukraine. So, do you think such a step, Oksana, can put pressure on Russia to stop its human rights violation in Ukraine? I don't know. So, I don't know who might influence on Russia. 
I it, my my instinct says that uh, it's a it's a good uh, step to to develop such institution and to make I mean the state they try to do something and it's good, but uh, be honestly. Do you know some what what might influence on Russia? Me not. I don't know. If I would know what would influence them, I would definitely do all my best. Now to I have no idea. Mister Mister Putin is a tough guy, so I don't know. I have no idea. Exactly, me neither. So that's why that's why my my. I mean, I I would support each effort each effort because you don't know what might work at the end of the day maybe this will work maybe this will influence on someone who will influence on putin soon you know you don't know so my my feeling is that it would be good to do as much as we can maybe okay. something will, will, will work yeah and regarding the I, same point oksana because it's it's a big issue it's a big challenge for 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 you guys in in the human rights organization Russia says that it is not targeting residential areas. It is not targeting targeting civilians. But we all read news about targeting hospitals and killing pregnant mother and children. So, what are your views on the Russian argument? They are lying. I mean, <laughs> what, what else can I say? That I think it's it's clear for the whole world, except uh, I don't know Putin and his uh, close ones, uh, whoever it is. Uh, I mean, they're lying, and everyone knows about this. I mean, <laughs> they saying on on the black things that they are white, and uh, I don't know what to add. They are lying, and this this is. I feel I feel that the situation that we now are facing. I mean, I'm talking about Europe, Ukraine, and Russia as a as a I mean, from today maybe not, but because of the last last news. But as we we we, we still, I mean, for now still they are part of of Council of Europe and uh, European Court of Human Rights and the Convention. You know, we've done so many efforts as as humans uh, to. Uh, to, to create a society, to create, a, I would say, a system that might protect us from from the war. And what do we see now? Hmm. We see that, it's, that this system, this system, doesn't work properly. Because but, when yeah. we, 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 you might play each game only until all uh, players who are in this game uh, follow rules. And what we see now that uh, Russia, they don't follow the rules. They they lie. They given un I mean unclear signals. They they break in international humanitarian law and saying that no, we did not. And uh, for me, my feeling is that is is quite a big challenge. I think the first challenge was after the first uh, world war yes when the uh, 
Liga of Nation, I think it is. It has to be called in English. Was 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 created? It didn't work properly. After the Second World War, the the UN was 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 created. Yes, the, the country decided. Okay, let's let's create an international international yes um, organization that will keep peace order in the world. And what we see, it doesn't work. And now, now we are in a situation that maybe it will be a third time during hmm. the past 100 uh, years that uh, the w- war as it is challenging uh, the order that we are having in society. And for us, for lawyers, for human rights defenders, hmm. for for journalists, for, for for I mean, for just people who are thinking about future, we have to think. Okay, so what next? This uh, this system that we 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 put it a lot of efforts, money, and minds in the city in the system. It doesn't work because it cannot protect us from war. Hmm. from breaking international uh, humanitarian law, breaking, uh, I don't know, the rules of, of different uh, conventions. So country can just do what it wants to do without without any, any consequences. Hmm. But you know, Oksana, in, in the last three weeks, I interviewed, interviewed many commentator from Moscow and from Kiev and from Western um, countries. And the, the Russian narrative was like this. Look, Ukrainian people are fabricated these scenes. We, we are not targeting civilians. They are lying. There is a, an Ukrainian propaganda. And as a media, as a journalist, don't follow the Ukrainian propaganda. So <laughs> what's your response? And, and this is a commentator. He, he believed in this, you know? He's saying that, you know what I will answer? I will say, okay, if you don't want to follow Ukrainian uh, news or propaganda, how just just quoting what, what was said, please follow, I don't know, New York Times or The Guardian or yeah. millions of independent journalists who are now working in in uh, in different cities in Ukraine. If you don't believe to Ukrainian journalists, uh, listen to what international human rights organizations are saying. Okay, don't believe to international human rights organizations. If you don't believe to international journalists, believe to international humanitarian organizations. Okay, you don't believe to them. Okay, so maybe you might follow, you know, so there are yeah. so many resources, <laughs> sources where you can get this same information. Hmm. And for me, it's an answer that, uh, that I mean, who is saying truth and who is not. Because when, 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 when you try to do even your, I mean, my like, quick uh, check on, on, on the Russian use, and uh, compared to that, just check what I don't know BBC says about this, or I don't know any any source. So you you I don't know Fox News, uh, what else, CNN, any any sources. That, I mean uh, the journalists from all over the world now yeah. in Ukraine. So if you don't believe to all world 
and you believe only to what Russian journalist says, for me, it's, uh, it's an answer. This situation is an answer. So, yeah. I, I mean... So you mentioned New York Times, you mentioned Fox News, and Reporter Without Borders condemned killing of the New York Times uh, filmmaker and the Fox News cameraman in the last two weeks. So, um, Oksana, h- how many journalists been killed during this war? Uh, we we don't have, as I said before, the the numbers. I'm sorry, I can I don't know. I know about. So far, I know about six, but it's only my person. Six journalists and reporters. That That's what I know, but yeah. I think that it's much more, of course. But the question is, why Russia targets journalists and reporters? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer. I'm sorry, Osama. I don't have an yeah. answer. Because for me, it's the same question. Why they're targeting civilians? Why my neighbors were killed when they tried to to use so-called humanitarian corridor from Irpin? I don't know. There is no answer. Why are they killing women with children on, on, on their hands? Why why are they doing that? I don't know. I, it, it, the, yeah. the, the biggest question is, I cannot answer you, but moreover, I cannot, uh, I, I cannot find the answer for myself. You know, I cannot explain it even to my brain and to my heart. Sorry for this maybe pathetic uh, form, but that's how I really feel it. For the last 10 days, I, I'm all the time I'm asking myself, okay, so they might, you know, when, when they do a rocket attack or maybe airstrike, they are far from target. They don't see what they're yeah. doing. They might. They have to understand. They're soldiers. No, no, no. It's in, in any case, it's a it's a huge violation of international humanitarian law, and that's for clear. That's clear. But how comes that you you are holding an and 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 a gun in, in in your hands or whatever it yeah. is, and you you shooting in in innocent people who are just so scared and they just try to evacuate from 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 city where the, the bombing and shell fire is going on. I, 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 I don't know. I, I it is something that really beyond my understanding or literally beyond. I if if you maybe you have <laughs> reason uh, because Exactly. I, you 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 are talking with, with the right person. I'm Egyptian, I'm from the Middle East we are experiencing a lot of these things along my, my life, 36 years now. Yeah, we saw the U.S. invade Iraq, invade Afghanistan, and did what the Russia is doing now um, to Ukrainian people. We saw Israel doing this to Palestinians in Gaza, um, Strip. Even in our country, I saw the military just shooting on civilian people in, in the city. Uh, eight years ago. So, yeah, we, we, we all know how is the war, how is the conflict zone is because we are from the Middle East, unfortunately. So why? What, what have to be in a person's mind? Because to... they, are, they are considering us, me and you and any civilian or journalist or whatever, they are considering us as their enemies. We, they are considering us as threats. Even we are peaceful. We are not doing anything except raising our voice, tweet about our thoughts, standing with our people or with our country. But they are considering us as threats. 
I cannot understand it. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's no, it's no. hard. I know. I know. Thank you for your explanation. Yeah, maybe it's about being an enemy, but I mean, I know that people. It's uh, yeah. It is. I mean, that that that's horrible. That that someone might think that they are enemy. It it is horrible. It is horrible. I know, but I, you know, in 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 Iraq, if if you ask any one from Iraq about what the U.S. and the U.K. and other Western countries did in 2003, they can explain plenty of horrible things, Oksana. They they destroyed the country, they killed innocent people, they bombed mosques, they bombed residential areas, and even this happened in Yemen. Saudi Arabia is doing this in Yemen and United Arab Emirates. And they did in Afghanistan, and Israel did this to go to, to Palestinian people. And you know, as, as I said, even in our countries without war, in Libya, in Egypt, during the conflict in 2013, the military, your people, are, who were killing an innocent people in the streets. So this is the mentality of any authoritarian regime like Russia, like, mm. like other countries in the Middle East. But anyway, let's back to... Our discussion again. Last week I noticed something strange, Oksana. Russian authorities blocked Amnesty's international Russian language website. How do you explain mm-hmm. that? Um, they try to block all information uh, from, with, I mean, <laughs> credible information uh, about what is really going on outside of, of, uh, of Russia, so they blocked on not only Amnesty website but many more, uh, and this this just uh, the continuation of what uh, what they are doing with civil society and independent media's for for a while. I mean, the last I don't know fifteen years or or, or so, uh, the situation getting worse there and uh, they, they try to make uh, kind of a dissent there I would say I mean the, 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 the make impossible to get information uh, sorry make it possible for people in Russia to get proper information about what is going on in the real world I think it's something comparable to what was during the Soviet times. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure, of course, but my it, it's just my feeling, you know, my instinct says that uh, during the Soviet times that I, I believe, I, I mean, I remember that my, my grandmother, father, and um, that they've been saying about it, that there was uh, no information about uh, what is going on out of uh, Soviet uh, Union. Uh, it was prohibited to read or to get even any, I don't know, newspaper from abroad or any anything because they, I mean, the whole world was enemy to 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 the Soviet people. And I think maybe they're trying to create kind of a, this uh, model, but maybe I'm wrong. So in 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 contemporary times, you know, when when the, when you have social media, when you have internet, when you have VPN at the end of the day, 
Yeah. Yes, and all I mean many many Russians they have VPN. Uh, they still will be. It still will be possible for them to get this information. And uh, I don't know how how they how they see it uh, as as a. I mean, how they see the result of this blocking yeah. of our website and website of other human rights organizations. But my feeling is that it's it's the step towards. The, the, the Soviet times and the, the step towards uh, creating their own um, Russia info space. I think the reaction to the to, to this step, Oksana, was on on your account and or on other uh, Ukrainian activists, human rights defenders, journalists on Twitter. You can notice that the great number and the high number of followers in the last two or three weeks. People want to know the reality from you guys on, on, on the ground there in Kiev and in other cities in Ukraine. So I, I think people, okay, Russia, you will censor this website. We will go to Twitter account of the director of Amnesty Ukraine and we will know that what is the fact, how, how the reality is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. About, you know, they. they they have a little bit different vision because they are so much uh, focused on their uh, way of thinking. So they believe that they will block a website and that will be the way how they will block information from Amnesty. Of course, no. Of course, if people want to get this information, they will get it through Twitter or through, as you said, like people from the ground or, or I don't know, people they believe uh, that they will share credible information. So, yeah, the, 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 that is my feeling, and I, I don't know why they why they blocking it, why they why they doing this. On the one hand, but on the other hand, we see that more and more human rights defenders from Russia are fleeing. They live in the country. They uh, they are they they are running from sanctions uh, sanctions uh, or criminal uh, offenses or uh, sorry, criminal uh, investigations or I mean other form of, of persecution in, in Russia and um, uh, I don't know who is staying there and how many people stay in there and yeah. who will be the leader of that of of, of create cre- creation of different or, or op- opposition opinion. Yes. Yeah, I don't know who that will be because we know what happened to Navalny. Uh, yeah, yeah. And more and more and more intellectual uh, leaders, leaders who have, have who have I don't know like separate or different position or they own position and they've been sharing it with people they're now running from the country you know it's a kind of orwellian state now Mm. Putin can play the George Orwell uh, role in this yeah historical novel so um, I'm still with your website at the the second day of the war I think you um, on Amnesty International you called people to sign a petition and urge the president of Russian Federation Vladimir Putin and demand that Russia end the aggregation immediately 
and protect civilian and respect international law. How many people signed this petition? That's a good question. It's International Secretariat. They're collecting it. I don't know. So far, I'm sorry. I don't have information on that now. Yeah. Uh, I will share it with you soon. I will ask tomorrow morning with Brilliant. colleagues and I will share, share it with you. So you might put it somewhere. Okay, okay brilliant. And, and back to the, the, the humanitarian corridors. Uh, how do you see the Russian soldier dealing with Ukrainians in this humanitarian? Uh, I cannot say that the whole humanitarian corridors are uh, are shooted, but a lot of. Uh, and I, me personally, I took many interviews from people who've been tried to use them, or they were successful in using, but they 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 received uh, injuries uh, because of this, uh, or someone from their family was injured. Uh, so I, I cannot say that it's always happened, but in 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 majority part of 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 the evacuation that I've been uh, communicated with, I mean victims of of this um, uh, evacuation. Sorry for yeah for, for saying this, but yeah, it's it, they are really victims of 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 the process of the evacuation. Uh, there are really really a lot of stories how they they were just try to either on a car or by walk with children or without even anything and just like the 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 the, the, the uh, uh they saying like we we were walking or we were driving and uh suddenly shell fire starting suddenly so and it's like a common 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 uh explanation uh what, what i've been receiving so far is that there's no no they don't say like stop or i will be shooting yes or they they don't say anything so people just for example like in Irpin, they they just walk in walk in walk in walk in try to reach this place where the bridge is um blown up so and uh, and suddenly the shell fire starting, and part of people are killed who who just have been just walking with yeah. you, uh, and there is no reason behind that. That is important to, to this is inhuman. To yeah. Want to rest. yeah. But there is no reason. No reason. There are no soldiers there. No, uh, I don't know, Ukrainian army. There were only volunteers, but they 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 are without any 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 arms, any I mean anything. They they sometimes they have protections, but sometimes they even without any protection because they show as much as they can that they are you know they don't they they are not enemies. They are just volunteers who are helping people to to leave or split from from um, risky areas. And uh, we don't know. So that that is my biggest question now. I don't understand, as I said to you before, why they are killing. In terms of like, why? So for which purpose? And I mean, what 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 have to be in person's mind or heart 
yes to 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 shoot in in innocent person but yeah. on the other hand i don't understand we still cannot find the reason why the shell fire starting all the time without any reason it might start or might not and we we don't see what might trigger this so it there's nothing so far maybe maybe we will investigate maybe we will get some more information soon but so far nothing they just suddenly starting shooting in innocent people yeah this is inhuman and this is the war as i said civilians always are victims of this uh war and um um, my final question we we all knew now that almost three million refugees flee Mm -hmm. uh fled ukraine from the beginning of this war how do you describe the human rights condition of these three three million refugees as far as i know the number of refugees in 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 europe now comparable in numbers to only to the period of of the second world war so that that's i would say that it's a humanitarian catastrophe of course because um i I see that, um, I mean, Ukrainians just because there are a lot of neighboring countries, uh, Ukrainians have a lot of personal contact with people in in different European countries, but mo- of course, mostly in Poland, in um, Slovakia, in Hungary, in the, I mean, in Lithuania, Latvia, and many, many others. And uh, that's why it it is still possible for for Ukrainians, you know, to to evacuate from 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 Ukraine because we just uh, like we call our friends or our families who who, who lives in in uh, in European countries in Western European countries and saying like, please help us, and people open their houses for for us, but. What will be in three months or what will be in six months? Well, it will be possible for all these millions of people to find a job, to to live separate lives. We I mean we cannot, you know, count on the goodwill of of our friends, even they're so kind and nice and do all their best to support us. But I mean, it's it's it's. <laughs> We, we have to we have to do steps to live a uh, separate life yeah. and uh, it's a big challenge of course for countries to big challenge for countries to to support ukrainians in in, in that and i think that uh, i i mean maybe i'm a little bit negative but my feeling is that uh, there will be more ukrainians in europe because situation is getting worse and uh, I know yeah. that Poland is already full of Ukrainians, but I think that soon there will be more countries that will be full of Ukrainians. As you said, it's a big challenge to stand with Ukraine, but we all are standing with Ukraine right now. We all just saying and shouting, stop this war and saving innocent people and save this country from the Russian invasion. So I want to thank you very much, Oksana Pokalchok, Director at Amnesty Ukraine, for joining me today. Thank you very much. Thank you.
So for all our uh, listeners, thank you very much for joining us today and see you next Tuesday, the new episode of Untold Stories. Goodbye.